I said, I want to tap in with you about your early origins, like how you grew up and, you know, like, oh, yeah. like uh, you know, I know you were big into BMX before skating. Um, where'd you grow up at, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, pretty much Vegas. Okay. Um, <coughs> is that where you got into BMX at? Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. I lived in California for a minute. Then my parents moved out here to Vegas, middle school and high school. So I was out here. And that's where I rode BMX was out here in Vegas. I started skating in Vegas. Okay. And I took trips out to to California to skate and see all the pros, and it was pretty gnarly. <laughs> what is a kid like? Like, like who were some of your first sponsors, man? Goldwing was giving me trucks, but I didn't get. I didn't have any sponsors really. Okay, was it kind of just? But I didn't like them. Goldwing's trucks were always breaking, so. I didn't ride them anymore. I just rode. I just bought my stuff, to be honest, and rode. Uh, I just rode power boards and then tractor trucks, and then I rode independents. But uh, no, I rode tractor trucks. What am I talking about? Okay. Uh, but my first sponsor was was Powell. Oh wow! I graduated in '81 and moved out to California the next weekend, and then uh, I got on Powell a couple of years later. Okay. Okay. So you're just kind of riding the wave for a bit? Were you hitting a bunch of contests in, in Cali? or like? Oh, heck yeah. I did all the Castle Series. I skated every event there was possible. That was pretty much that was pretty much the rite of passage at the time, you know, all the Castle stuff and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I skated a lot of amateur events, freestyle and bank hall and freaking pool. Whoa, did you say freestyle? Yeah, I skated freestyle. Every event they had, I skated. Like, literally. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking, but yeah, because I think I was, you know, they had the overall skater thing, and that's all, you know, most skaters thought about. Okay, and just uh, getting overall points, I'm assuming, yes. Yeah, it was sort of like that whole competition thing, but it really helped skating under pressure and just getting used to the contests. Okay, I can kind of understand that, you know, and it kind of helped all your disciplines as well, too, I'm assuming, yes? Yeah, it was a trip, skating all those events, but I enjoyed it. Who were some of the guys yeah. you were skating with growing up back in the day? There wasn't, there was some vertical skaters. Uh, I think Kevin Saab was coming out of some of the events, but most of the pros that that were the better pros, they were already, like, semi-pro or getting ready to turn pro like a lot of them were left in the amateur scene type of thing it just seemed like most of the guys that i was skating with most of them didn't turn pro they had already they were already you know the guys that became top pros were already sort of onto that next stage going into the pro ranks so not a lot of guys from my my timeline in the uh, Castle series actually turned pro, uh, which was weird. You know, I didn't never really thought about it like that until you answered the question. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, everyone else was already like, you know, because Gator and Tony Hawk. When I first came to California, Tony Hawk was like super tiny little skater guy that, 
you know, you never really have thought that he was going to become one of the biggest skaters. The way he skated, you know, he was just so small and just didn't have any power at all. But uh, when I first came to California, he was amateur, Gator was amateur. Um, Caballero was already pro. Uh, Lance Mountain, I think he was just getting ready to turn pro. But everyone was spread out everywhere, so... I moved to Whittier, and that was Neil Blender, Lance Mountain, and uh, John Lucero. Lester Kasai was the man. Lester Kasai was always the best. You know, he was he was just the best skater. Even in pros, he he just always skated so big he would fall because he couldn't control himself. But he was the best. Man, I never yeah. I never got to see Lester Kasai skate. Man, I uh, he was gnarly. He's one of the coolest persons too. He like learned every trick. He was he's one of the guys that had style and did every trick. And then he did it big. So it was sort of like he was in his own league. So I want to talk to you a bit about, about uh Stedham, man. Um I didn't know uh you know, I just recently learned that Donger rode for you. Who? Donger from San Diego. Little Asian kid, he's a Asian guy. Um his name's Kian Lu. He rode for you as a, a kid. Him and uh, John Reeves, John Reeves, another guy. They both worked for H Street Skateboards later on. They both became like legendary street skaters. Did you say Donger? Yes, Donger, D-O-N-G-E-R. Yeah, he's a street skater, right? Yeah, he skated for you as a as a kid, right? Yeah, that guy's he's pretty gnarly. Yeah, he wrote for Stedham. Like, did you sponsored him as a child? Yeah. That's insane. Do you, who else? Do you do you have any? Who else worked for you? <laughs> That's crazy, man. <laughs> like, I would have never thought that. You know, um, were there a bunch of street skaters you were hooking up back in the day? Back, yeah. When I first started my brand, it was sort of shifting into street skating. And I started picking up some guys. Um, I'm trying to think if they want some. That guy's on another planet. He's pretty cool. I think I worked with him for a minute. Uh, there's so many little kids that were street skaters that became some of the best there ever was uh, that I was working with, but I just didn't know how to keep a team together. It was so much hands-on. It was almost like babysitting. Uh, I didn't uh, have like a team manager like Stacy was more of a, a team manager where, you know, you just that's all he did. I was trying to run the company that I had never learned, that I'd never had done before. You know, I was writing for Powell, so obviously starting a company was everything changed. Uh, but there were so many kids in street skating. I'll, I'll, I never really enjoyed the whole street skating thing at, back then. Um, you know, I think a lot of most, most of the vert skaters. I don't think I don't want to say the word depressing, but it was almost depressing. Everything went to tiny wheels and these, you know, like flat ground tricks. And we were used to skating these big old ramps and, you know, blasting airs. And the whole street skating scene trans transformation that the sport did. I think a lot of us lost interest in the sport. Um, but I, I, I appreciated. I, I I didn't really learn to really respect it until I did the X Games events, 
and I saw Sheckler and all the, the new pros skate. Uh, and then I really appreciated street skating because I understood it at that time. I didn't understand it at the beginning. You know, it seemed like it was a fad, you know, with those baggy pants and little tiny wheels and, you know, the whole, the whole culture was, it didn't seem like real. But the, obviously it was. It's WCRP. So I think that I was like, I don't think I ever liked that era of time and skateboarding, to be honest. And that's absolutely fair to say. You know, um, it, it was, uh, especially at the time, I think it was weird that, um, you know, between, I want to say, 88 and 93, there were so many different, as you could say, fads. There were so many different eras of skateboarding. It was almost, in, it was incredibly hard to keep up with it. You know, if you were just starting, if you were a kid, I just started in 86. So seeing how much it changed just from vert to to mini ramp to street and then like street went through so many different phases, you know, the, the board shapes and the tricks and it did all seem like a fad, you know, nothing stuck around except that, uh, you know, like with vert skating, it stuck around for a long time. With street skating, it was one minute, it was, you know, one minute people were doing flat ground tricks. Next minute people were focusing on just ledges and it didn't really seem to have a direction, if anything. So I could see how you could lose interest in it. And also, you know, it took it took a, it just took a large scope off of skateboarding in a hole. You know, it just made it seem like skateboarding was strictly street skating. You know, would you agree with that? I think it. Yeah, it definitely. It changed skateboarding. Uh, it's even still driven by uh, street skating. You know, um, but I think I, I think it makes sense. I think it had to go there for skateboarding because everyone. Back then, it's like I moved to California just to skate pools and stuff, you know, like street stuff's like all over the world versus going to these pre-made big bowls that are made for skateboarding, you know, there's backyard pools too, but that never became a big sport, even though that's how it was at first. But um, but I, I appreciate street, street skating so much more now. Um, it was just such a big transition, but uh, Nigel Houston, that guy is insane. Like, there's a lot of these new kids, but like, uh, the vert skating, like Danny Way, is still just insane. The mega ramp, that kind of stuff, is just that's just it's just amazing. <laughs> oh, you like the mega ramp stuff? Do, do, are you? Are oh, you into that? yeah, I like anything big and gnarly, and that's the gnarliest thing. If you ever see it in person. It'll change your life. It's the most insane thing ever. On camera or on TV is different than standing next to a 25-foot high ramp watching guys do 25-foot airs. It's a whole other thing in person. Just the roll-in on that thing is, is <laughs> incredible. <laughs> That's yeah, gnarly, man. It's gnarly, man. Um, you know, and, and that stuff, uh, you know, like even pool skating, it doesn't get, you know, I, I personally feel it's, and it's just my personal opinion, I feel pool skating doesn't get the proper respect. Like, that is just gnarly stuff, man. You know, it's um, it's unforgiving. You know, you can't just jump in any pool. Every pool is different. You know, it's not like handrails. You know what I mean? When you skate one rail, you can kind of, you can almost hit, you know, if you, you got one trick on a lock on a rail, 
you can hit you can you know you can hit like ten different rails and do that trick. And you skate a pool. If you got a lock, if you got a trick on locking a pool, that doesn't mean you can do it in ten different pools whatsoever. Pool skating is gnarly, man. Like you guys grew up skate. You grew up skating just concrete, right? Uh, yeah, and then the skate parks closed, and then we all built ramps. I had a ramp in San Diego, and it, when everything went to ramps and flat walls, which was another almost depressing change. But you know, we did it. I mean, I had a ramp in San Diego for a long, quite a while, and it, and it was cool. Everyone skated it. Um, but you know, I don't want to sound like I was com- complaining. You know, when you ride big poles and you can carve. That whole experience is so different than flat walls where you didn't really carve on a ramp anymore, you know, like it's like the fundamentals of skateboarding and flowing was taken out of the equation. It's WCRP. That is Um, true. That's very, very true. And that's why most vert skaters that ride vert ramps don't have the same kind of style or fluidity than the older school skaters that rode elliptical walls, you know, where you could carve like you're flowing like water more than, you know, just one, you know, vert skating is more one dimensional to me. Um, But, you know, that's insane too, though. I mean, Bucky Lassick and Bob Bernquist, all those guys, uh, Definitely. I mean, skateboarding evolved. I mean, it had to evolve. So sometimes change is frustrating for some people. I mean, I know a lot of the pros, uh, Christian and stuff like that, they, they, they skated vert ramps amazingly good. All of us transitioned and took it to vert ramps. But I know that it felt like the majority of us felt like we went from, from three to from three-dimensional to uh, one, you know, one-dimensional because riding a ramp going back and forth literally is so less. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, you're like, oh, it's like, you know, like Grand Prix racing, you know, they got like 30 turns. Then you go to the, uh, like the Indy 500 and they're like, oh, it's all left turns. That's it. Literally. You know, it's like, oh, we don't, turn right they're like no you're never going to turn right again you know just, it's just <laughs> you, you know and then and if you're like a racer you're almost like oh this sucks <laughs> that is- but then you adapt because you're a racer and that's what the race is now so you know you forget about it but you miss those days every time you ride it's so you know, that's how I think anyway but you know i enjoyed ramps I, because you and you know you end up you can learn to enjoy whatever you do if you love skateboarding. Very true. I remember always wondering, like, gosh, man, it's like, I just want to carve, and then carving on a ramp is just, doesn't even feel right. <laughs> <laughs> because you end up carving off the ramp, if anything. That's- <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, when you do it, you're like, it just doesn't even, and California and, and skateboarding to me was the epitome of, uh, I, I never was a surfer, but I always related to surfers because the original concept of california skating was flowing like a surfer and carving you know but you know i mean it it changed and pool skating sort of you know there's been a lot of pool contests now the comedy poles and the vans built are super gnarly they're really good 
I think I think that's awesome, man. The van still does that. You know what I mean? Like, um, I enjoy those contests, man. I really do. I think I think the and and it's funny if you if you watch them, people enjoy those kind of contests a lot more. You know, it, it draws a, a very diverse crowd, which is great for skateboarding. And you know, I think it, I think it's great for the older guys too. You know, like like you guys still you guys still draw like people still want to come and watch you guys skate, man. Like. Since I was a kid, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's amazing, dude. How do you feel about that, man? Like, it's, what, 40-something years? You're 40 years in the game now, right? Yeah, it's been, and it's still evolving, uh, you know, street skating. Uh, some of the vert skaters that are skating the vert are just taking it to the next level. It's just, right when you think that it's not that much further you can go, these these kids are just taking it to the next level, which is really cool to see. Would you ever try the loop? <laughs> I said, would you ever try the loop, the the whole loop um, thing? I, I don't know. I mean, that's pretty gnarly. Uh, I think I was going to do the mega ramp, and then I tore my thigh muscle, and that sort of took me out of convention. I always wanted to do the mega ramp. Um, that's something I still might do. Uh, as far as the loop, I don't know. I've never really been that scared to do anything, but I'll admit that that looks pretty gnarly. That looks really <laughs> nice. I, I saw uh, I saw Brian Schaefer, the owner of uh, Skate Park of Tampa. I saw him slam live, like I was standing right next to the loop when he uh, when he ate shit, and it was bad, pretty crazy. He got jacked up, right? He got he got <laughs> yeah. broke, man. Yeah, that's something that you can seems like you can just get so. <laughs> I mean, you can get hurt skating anything, but that just seems like man. I've seen the Tony Hawk fall, and that. Now, I've seen some of the worst falls, the videos that I've seen on social media was from people trying to do that loop the way it throws people if you're not understanding the concept of how to do it you know i mean i understand how it could just be so alien alien to understand it when you're actually learning to do it you know you actually have to know the concept or the formula and how your body sort of stays in one position sort of you know i think that I would try to ride it like a wall, and that's probably the worst thing to do. Yeah, I think he you tried know? to pump, which, which is, <laughs> yeah, he tried to pump, man, and like, like, I, like I don't know, like he tried to do exactly the opposite of what you just said. Like he, um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like you want to ride the wall where it's like Dave Hackett told me when he did it, he tried it, but he goes, it was really easy when he actually let his body go upside down but kept but he sort of stayed kept his torso in a one position in a way and just i don't know just when he the way he explained it it made so much sense where i would have probably gotten hurt trying the thing <laughs> he, he but, did a he did a real loop am i correct he did like a, a legit like real loop dave hackett right oh no he did it freaking it was sick pretty rad man i'm you know you never know. Some of these skaters just do stuff that you would never think. You know, he's like really old school, and he's just gnarly, man. It's WCRP. You were down in San Diego. Were you? Was your mother living with you at the time, or like what? What was the story with that? Um, or, or was your mother in San Diego at the time with you? My mother? Yes. Like, like, 
I want to. I'm trying to reference the story of. Um, I um, I remember reading a long time ago um, a bunch of your things that got uh, a house fire. Am I correct? What about my mother? No, it was it a house fire? That's what I'm asking about. You lost a oh. bunch. Of, you lost a bunch of things in a house fire, in your mother's uh, yeah, house. What about it? No, I was what asking you. No, I was asking you. Was that in San Diego? Was your mother in San Diego with you at the time, or, I mean, like how? Was that in Vegas? Yeah, or that Sydney? is something that happened. Uh, uh, it was gnarly. Yeah, my mother was in the house, but she got out, and that was. Yeah, everything got burned, but it was a. It was a. Looking back on it now, it was a cool experience even though it was just the worst thing to ever deal with it's like having someone like a tornado uh, blows your house away and there's like all your clothes your favorite t-shirt and all your music collection you know like that was more the depressing part of it but my mother got out so i never uh i never even got uh depressed or like i don't say the word suicidal but i never even lost my mind through it, you know, which I had like so much equipment, recording equipment, my drums and all my guitars and, you know, like just everything. CD collection of just, you know, so much music. Uh, but uh, I think I learned that, uh, you know, my, when I was told that uh, some skater guy, when I was going to my house, he, he ran out to his house like, your house is on fire, but your mom got out okay. And I was looking at him like, who's he talking to? You know, like, you know, like I, I know he's not talking about my house. You know, like, but I know I, he was. But you know, I was almost like, what? Uh, but then when she was out, and the neighbors were like, she was trying to get your equipment and throw it out on the on the lawn, and I was like, we told her she couldn't go back in the house. Uh, I didn't even think about any of my equipment other than seeing it burns. You know, like I never even like got depressed because the fire the firemen were there, and he's like. You're so blessed because we come here and everyone, half the people are dead inside and burned. Like, you know, because for your mother to get out, that's just amazing. And, and it just always stuck with me that, you know, it was actually a blessing that that happened, even though I didn't understand why. But within a year or two, I was, you know, back on my feet and ended up getting a nice recording studio in San Diego, like a real recording studio. So that my journey and the way the Lord's been blessing me, it's, Blessings have come out of the weirdest situations for me. But she was always really nice and supported my uh, whatever sports I was in, from BMX to skateboarding. My father was supportive also. So uh, That's great, man. That's awesome to hear. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah. a lot of us don't really, you know, um, a lot of us didn't have very supportive cast growing up. You know, um, it was uh, my my mother wasn't against it. She just, uh, she couldn't really see what I saw from it. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I'm just a little kid in Florida, man. I couldn't tell her and anything. That's why I moved back to Vegas from, from California because my, my father passed away. And then um, I moved back to Vegas to be around my mother because they were married for 54 years. And, you know, and they usually say when one passes away, the other one loses will to will to live <laughs> so i ended up leaving san diego which i totally love and uh moved back out here 
That's wild. And it was man. the best thing to do, you know. I mean, I'm glad I did it. And, but I miss skating out there with all the guys. That's that's the hardest thing is you have to be around the best to be one of the best. It's WCRP. How important do you think it is for a skateboarder to have a brand like that? Like, you know how, say, Mark has his brand with the, uh, with the crooked and with the flowers. And, you know, like Mark has his brand. Uh, Ed Templeton has his brand. Steve Stedham has his brand. Um, how important do you think that is for skateboarders to have that kind of stuff moving forward? You know, as being a professional. Well, I think some people aren't meant to be a professional but they love skateboarding, you know, they don't want to skate in a contest. The biggest part of skating now, they're not even contest skaters or video part guys. And they're amazing, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, but they take a year to do a video, you know. We did videos in uh, in a one or two day shooting, uh, you know, one or two day shoot, that was it. There was no... Let me come back next month and get this one trip that I can't make after 100 tries. <laughs> yes, sir. And I, you know, and I, and I sort of look down on it. I, I don't. I understand that things change, but I'm sort of like, well, if it takes you 100 times to do it, if you're taking a year to do a part, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just like from the old school. I'm like, well, maybe you really can't do that trick because if you, it takes you 100 tries to make one. You know, maybe you need to wait to the next video and practice that trick so you can do 50 of them by that time. <laughs> That's just what I think, you know. Then some skaters look at me and roll their eyes like, whatever, dude. And I'm like, no, I ain't hitting on you guys. I just didn't. I was a contest skater, you know. It's like if you can't make it right now in the contest, that's as good as you are. It was never about, you know, looking down on anyone. I just never, even when people told me, they took a year to do a part. And I'm like, yeah, right. They're like, you don't know that? I got educated by some some newer you know, people that knew how they were doing it because I never would ever thought that. You know what? And, 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 and what you are saying, it does ring partially true. But this is the other this is the other crazy, sad part about skateboarding. And this is uh, I'm glad you tapped into that. You have a guy like Nigel Houston, right? Nigel completely can cover all of those stupid little fields that the new skater like oh he can do a video but he can literally film a video part in probably two days you know what i mean and he can skate contest but no but people people like look down on him as a pro skater you know what i mean and i'm like he does everything a pro is supposed to do like <laughs> he's winning every contest He's filming you guys little stupid video parts. He's putting out his own videos, you know, with like big budget videos, and it doesn't take him a long time to do this stuff because clearly he's doing that stuff. And no, he's the epitome of a of an old skater, like a real pro formatting in modern day age. He doesn't need to take a year to do a part. Nope, because he's that good. A lot of us get formatted on how it should be and. Well, and I was skating, it was like this, and that's how it's supposed to be, and it's evolving, the world's evolving. And that's one thing I've learned getting older and older, is like, if it's sort of, if, it, if we're stuck on a format because that's how it was when I was a kid or when I was a pro or whatever, whatever, you know, things grow and things change. 
I never would have thought that uh, skateboarding would have gotten to where it is now, where it's video parts. Because I guess I, I, I only was about competition. You know, you weren't going to get sponsored unless you did good in contests. Now, if I thought I could, if I knew I could make a video part, and you know, you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. and get sponsored everywhere and travel and don't even have to skate in a contest, <laughs> I probably would have. I probably would have. You know, I've been like, what? Yeah. I don't got to go out and, and fly out here and sleep in my car or get a hotel for that event. I can just stay here and shoot this video part until I get it right after a thousand tries and get sponsors. And then, but there was not even social media back then, so that was the whole thing. You had to go to a contest with sponsors there and throw down for them to want to give you anything. That was that was the only avenue of getting known. And then if you choked in the contest, they're just like, oh, well, you choke. You can't. Pros were the epitome of you have to skate good under pressure. You know, and that's where that's sort of missing, except for, like you said, Nigel Houston. Like, geez. Oh, 